0: The following contains content that is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. The Devil and Mrs. Tremblay Written by Craig Moody Narrated by Jessica Caruso Thirteen I didn't sleep for days. I was starting to hear strange noises since he flashes a light after the third day had passed, and I had yet to sleep a single second. Edgar continued to ignore me. He locked himself upstairs with the baby. I never tried to disturb them. I stayed downstairs with Bella's blanket smelling and cuddling it, mourning for my child. A love I had never expected filled me with an agonizing sense of loss. I felt everything for my lost child, but not an ounce or anything for the nameless boy upstairs. Eventually, I succumbed to my exhaustion and slept for nearly an entire day. When I woke, it was dusk. I could hear someone in the kitchen. Slowly and carefully, I approached the kitchen. In the dim light of the setting sun, I saw Edgar preparing something at the counter. I moved behind him. Edgar? I stated, forcing my voice from the bottom of my abdomen. It was taking every bit of self-control I had to speak to him. I was still consumed by the unprecedented fear that had overtaken me just a few days prior. What? He asked to my relieved surprise. What have you done? I questioned, my frightened voice descending into a wavering whisper. Don't bother worrying about it, Edith. It won't be long now. He'll come in the dust, a massive storm of dust. My heart lurched inside my chest. The storm, the one Molly had warned me of so many times before. The devil? I heard myself ask, my voice acting of its own volition. Edgar turned to face me, a glint of sadness in his eyes. Yes, he confirmed, nodding his head. I'm sorry. I felt dizzy, so I pulled one of the kitchen chairs from under the table and sat down. Was it Molly? I asked, testing his patience. Did she allow for this to happen? Edgar just stared at me, the food he was arranging suddenly covered over with loudly buzzing flies. Yes, he nodded. She did what I asked of her. And what was that, Edgar? My heart was pounding so forcefully inside my chest that I had to lean forward to hear what Edgar would say next. I asked her for a son, he began, keeping his stern stare fixed on me. I've always prayed for a son, for years. You know that. But we could never have one, so Molly suggested a plan, a way. I shook my head in confusion. She saw in her cards that it was me who couldn't conceive. I was the problem, but I wanted my boy. I didn't care. She and Bill conjured the idea to bring Joe here. The idea was to have him bed you, get you pregnant. I gasped but I knew you'd never agree to that. You too good a woman to lay with another man, even if I gave you my permission, even if I asked you to do it. I felt my fingernails etching into the kitchen table. I couldn't believe what Edgar was saying, but I couldn't stop listening. I needed to hear more. I needed to know everything. So Molly suggested something. I wasn't too sure about it first. He continued, his face and voice an equal tone. Something that required more than the tarot cards. Something that required... His voice trailed off into the distance. He lifted his eyes to the kitchen window. Something that required great power and sacrifice. I listened breathlessly as Edgar detailed the occult practices of our former neighbors. Joe had been right... Edgar did sneak over to Molly's often, not to fornicate, but to summon something dark, something evil. Poor Joe was just a pawn in their scheme, their plan of darkness and terror. I didn't blink as I watched my husband, the man I had known for more than half my life, detail his deal with the devil. Edgar had given permission for a dark force to overtake me, to control me, to lead me to Joe. Through our affair, the sinister seed was sown, the promise made. It took months, almost a year. Bill made the carvings down in the cellar. I know you've seen them. That boy Joe tried leaving so many times, but Molly would just conjure him back. Why do you think we went through our chickens so quickly? Molly needed them. She needed their blood. I felt sick. The wooden table stabbed splinters beneath my fingernails, causing them to ache and bleed. But the cost was heavy for me, Edith. Edgar continued, lowering his eyes back to my face. I had to agree to release you to him. I couldn't bear it at first, which is why I resisted doing this for so long. Molly had told me what would be required from the start. She told me years ago, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. When she told me you had been with Joe on your own free will, that it wasn't anything forcing or causing you to do it, I was then able. I could then agree to let you go. I knew then you didn't love me. You were able to betray me over and over, time and time again, even when what had been controlled of you had already been long done. You wanted that boy all on your own. Your heart led you to him, so I knew then I could let you go. Edgar, (laughs) please, I whispered, tears now dripping from my eyes and onto the tabletop. The Jeffersons already took care of young Joe, Edgar revealed. He's buried beneath their barn. He ain't ever gonna be found, but just in case, Bill and Molly headed north. They couldn't risk getting caught. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Even though I could feel the sear and pain in my bleeding fingernails, I prayed I was only dreaming, locked inside my sleeping, unconscious brain. But you, Edgar continued, sighing as he spoke. I had to promise him you, all of you, not just your body. He stepped closer, not just your soul. I'm leaving. I heard myself say a sudden burst of strength and confidence filling my entire being. I leapt from the chair and bolted for the front door. Before I could exit, Edgar had caught up to me, pulling me by my hair. Now, Edith, he said in a low voice, I've done made this choice. My son is here. He's been born. The girl was only here for him to consume. He needed her life force. It ensured his survival. We're just going to bury that poor little thing out back. She played a part. She did a bit. Just as Joe did his, and you will do yours. The deal is done, Edith. I squirmed and clawed at him, but his grip was painful and tight. I need a son, Edith. Edgar declared, holding me in place so I had no other choice but to look into his eyes. And when you betrayed me over and over, I knew I could do it. I knew I could give you up. I need that boy more than I need you. But... What about Roy? What about New Mexico? Why can't we just leave and go? Edgar only stared, surprised by my questions. Even I was surprised that I cared enough to ask. I felt so overwhelmed and consumed by fear that my thought process suddenly evened into a cool flow of words. It was as though I was standing in the eye of a raging storm, My fear, the whirling walls of destructive wind, yet my brain, the calm and still center. I had hoped that would work, Edgar finally answered. I meant it. Once the babies were here, I wanted to have you all. I didn't want to lose the girl, and I didn't want to lose you. His eyes dropped to the floor. But Molly told me I had no choice, and if I tried to run, he would take my son as well. She told me I had to stay. I had to give him what was promised. After that, I would be free to go wherever, so I started to plan a life for me and Gabriel. Gabriel? That's his name, my son, Gabriel. Edgar let go of my hair and I dropped to my knees. Edgar, I whispered. My tears now dry, my voice a hoarse whisper. There has to be a way. We don't have to do this. I heard Edgar choke back a loud sob. I'm sorry, Edith. He cried, his words releasing a torrent of tears. It's done. We can't go back. You've seen him yourself. He's been here many times before, but when he comes again, he will ride with his army. He will come to claim you with all the hell riding with him. Had I not seen what I had seen over the course of the last year, I wouldn't believe a word that was coming out of my husband's mouth. But now, defeated and alone on the floor, I knew that what he said was true. It all made sense now. My feeling of insanity, the rage and anger that would overtake me, the uncharacteristic profanity and slurs. But one thing was certain. I had acted on my own when pursuing the affair with Joe. The initial force may have been beyond my control, but the subsequent meetings were all my own. I wanted him. He woke something inside of me that I had never once felt for Edgar. It woke my longing, dissatisfaction, and disappointment. To this day... I knew that had Joe asked me to, I would have run away with him. I would have left Edgar in a second, and he clearly knew it. Let's pray, Edgar, I asked. Let's call Brother Tom to come back here and pray with us. There has to be... A growl echoed from above us. Edgar and I both turned our heads toward the upstairs bedroom. The door was glowing red. The intensity of heat could be felt all around us. We can't, Edgar whispered. Brother Tom can never step foot here again and walk off a living man. How do you know that? He told me. The devil? My son. My son told me. Edgar's eyes were now wide and fearful. He talks to me. "'Inside my head, he tells me things. "'He warns me. "'He tells me what to do. "'Edgar?' I whispered, crawling toward him. "'He lowered to his knees once I was able to touch him. "'Let's run, Edgar, please. "'Let's try to run away.' "'Edgar's face trembled. "'His lips sputtered as fresh tears soaked his skin. (laughs) "'We can't.' "'He sobbed. "'He comes this Sunday.' April 14th, he comes tomorrow. Edgar and I held each other for a long while. Both were weeping before I finally collected myself enough to take charge. Get the Bible, Edgar, I commanded. It's in the chest below the radio. Edgar stared at me nervously. Well, what are you going to do, Edith? he questioned, moving his eyes toward the upstairs bedroom, which still glowed red and radiated heat. Just go get it. He hesitated a bit longer before finally obeying. He opened the chest, located the black leather book, and returned to where I was still crouched on the floor. Now hold it with both hands, I commanded. Close your eyes and pray with me, but never take your hands off that Bible. I saw Edgar's face pale with fear, but he nodded. Okay. He swallowed, crouching before me, squeezing the Bible tightly with both hands. Dear Lord, I began, raising my voice to the heavens. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Hear the plea of your faithful children. The growl from above rumbled, the floorboards shuddered, and the radio snapped on, delivering a snake-like hiss into the room. "'Forgive my husband of his transgression. Forgive me of my adultery by the power and healing blood of Christ. Please wash away our sins and save us from the forces of evil, the darkness of the devil. Preserve our souls in the comfort of your healing and steadfast hands.' Please, O oh Lord, do not let us be overtaken. The deafening hiss of the radio grew louder and louder until the device sparked and exploded, causing splintered wood and metal mechanical bits to sail across the room. Searing hot nuts and bolts pelted our backs as we continued to pray. Pray, Edgar! I shouted, causing him to open his eyes. "'Ask God to break this agreement! "'Ask him to save me!' Edgar just stared, his face pulled tight and frozen. "'Edgar!' he nodded. "'Okay,' he said meekly. "'Dear Father,' he began, "'lifting his voice above the rumble from upstairs. "'Hear my prayer.' "'Oh, Lord,' an ear-piercing scream echoed from above. "'The sound was so shrill, so blood-curdlingly demonic, my skin prickled. "'Forgive me, O God. Forgive me for what I have done. "'Please, O Lord, do not take this woman from me. "'I know I have forsaken you by seeking the Dark One, but I was scared. "'Oh, God, I was selfish.' Please, O Lord, do not take this woman from me. Edgar, still gripping the Bible, threw his arms over my head and pulled me close. I love her. O God, please, do not let him take her. The screaming intensified. The ground beneath the house rumbled and quaked. Framed pictures fell from the walls. Dust and debris filled the space all around us. Take me instead, O God. But please, do not let him take my wife. The house grew quiet after Edgar's prayer. The red glow disappeared. The heat cooled. Everything was eerily still. Edgar, I whispered his arms still wrapped tightly around me. I can't breathe. Oh, he said lifting his arms high above my head. Sorry. You can put the Bible down now, I told him, placing my hand over his. How do you know praying will work? He asked, slowly unclamping his hands from the leather book. I don't, I confessed. We just gotta have faith. We have to believe, not only that God can overpower the devil, But also, he will do so willingly. All we can do is ask. Nervously, Edgar nodded. Okay. As the night hours wandered into early dawn, Edgar and I, curled in each other's loving embrace, fell asleep on the living room floor. Just before the sun rose over the Oklahoma plains, Gabriel started crying. His voice was normal now. A baby's voice. There was no growl, no red light. I need to feed him, Edgar announced, rising to his feet brushing dirt and debris from his clothing. Are you sure? I asked, too afraid of Gabriel to offer to join Edgar in feeding him. Edgar drifted his eyes toward the upstairs bedroom. Yes he answered, slowly returning his eyes to mine. I'm sure. Edgar disappeared upstairs. He was gone for nearly half an hour before he returned. Okay, he said, nodding. He's fed. He's asleep. Edgar, I said, moving toward him, sit with me. Edgar followed me to the sofa, which was now covered in dust and various debris. We swept away chunks of the ceiling and bits of the exploded radio so we could sit. I'm sorry, Edgar, I confessed, holding his hands in my lap. You've been nothing but a great husband to me, a good man. Edgar darted his eyes over mine. But you were right, what you said last night in the kitchen. I chose to be with Joe. I wanted him. I was angry, unhappy, bored. Edgar's face sunk. It ain't your fault, Edgar. It's never been anything you've done. I do love you in my way. You are family to me, but I married you so young. I had to escape my mama. You are safety, security. Love, but never romance. I never felt for you the way I felt for Joe. Edgar looked wounded, defeated. I'm sorry, Edgar, I whispered, tears dripping from my face. I never wanted to hurt you. It's my fault. Everything led to this. I drove you away. I failed to give you a son but that was on me, Edgar replied, gripping my hands. I failed you there. It doesn't matter now, Edgar, I answered. What's done is done. You have your son now, and at some point today you're going to have to make a choice. I just know it. I feel it. You're going to have to choose me or the boy. Edgar shook his head. No he mumbled. I can't. I won't.
1: But you'll have
0: to, Edgar. You know you will. I will understand. Choose the boy. He's your son. It's okay if you want to choose him. But he ain't a boy, Edgar hollered, his voice alarmingly loud. Edgar struggled to catch his breath. He ain't a boy he whispered he's something else but he ain't a bore i nodded my understanding what will you do i asked curious yet terrified of his answer when he comes and we know he will what will you do i'll choose you edgar whispered lifting his eyes to mine I will always choose you. Hi, I'm Craig Moody, and I want to thank you for listening to Craig Moody's Novel Bites. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast to be notified when the latest episodes are released. Print and digital editions of my previous titles are available through all major retailers. For more information or for links to my social media, please visit craig-moody.com. Until next time.